0: Yeah, I can hear it. I can hear it a little bit in your Tobby, Tobby, Tobby. No, you can't, Tommy. (laughs) (laughs) Tommy. That's.
1: Honestly,
0: I don't know what I don't know what I was thinking. You sound fine. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Let's Talk Fantasy Football podcast. I'm your host, JR Lett, here with my co-host, T.J. Lett. We're both running on empty, but we're here to give you the podcast experience of your life. Tommy, outside of being sick, how are you doing?
1: Outside of being sick, I'm doing fantastic. Uh, How about
0: inside of being sick?
1: Inside of being sick, it's been a rough few days. Fortunately, I've been able to work from home. Uh, which helps not having to go into the office. However, it's been it's been two very long days. Um, I'm looking forward to hopefully feeling better tomorrow uh, and having the rest of the week off to visit my boy out in California.
0: I cannot wait. The JR and TJ West Coast reunion is a go, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, unfortunately, we weren't able to book a venue, so we won't be able to do a live show. I know a lot of you have been asking for that. But we do have plans in 2018 to do a U.S. tour. So we'll get you information on that in the coming weeks. All right, Tommy. Well, uh, I just got off a flight from Dallas. I was there for one day on business, as they say. Won't tell you what business, but let's just say it, it was, none of yours, that's for sure. Yeah, amen. Um, but uh, crazy week of football, so let's get right into it. Um, without further ado, let's talk fantasy football. Tommy, what's our, what's our first matchup of the week?
1: Amen, brother friend. Amen. So, our first matchup of the week is going to be Kyle versus Anna. Reason being, Kyle is still in first place. Uh, He beats Anna with a score of 16,546 to Anna's 10,592. This was not a close matchup. Kyle really ran away with it. He moves to 7-2 after the win, Anna drops to four and five. She is now in seventh place. What so what sticks out to me right away is Kyle gets three massive performances from Tyrod Taylor, twenty six ninety, TY Hilton, thirty two hundred, and Robert Woods, twenty one hundred. That I mean and he gets obviously a solid performance again from his kicker in defense, Zerline and Jacksonville. It's pronounced Zer- Zerloin,
0: I'm pretty sure. Or Zerlane. I'm not sure one of those two. It's definitely one not of those. Zerline. <laughs> um either way it's not Zerline. I'll That's just say sure. those those three guys he started off with, Taylor Hilton and Woods, those are three guys that you don't hear uh, the phrase monster week next to very often. Um certainly not this year. T.Y. him specifically with 3,200, just, you know, 175 yards, two touchdowns, five receptions, just a massive game from a wide receiver who has been non-existent in terms of fantasy this season, receiving passes from Jacoby Brissett. Um, you know, he had a few two, plus 2,000 weeks, but outside of that, he has been just a total flatline. Uh, Robert Woods, though, like you said, coming out, coming out of the dust, um, you know, what are your thoughts on him moving forward. You know, the Rams passing game is very interesting. Uh you got Robert Woods, you got Cooper Cup, you got Sammy Watkins. Out of those three guys, who who do you want moving forward? Can I answer none of them or Yeah, absolutely you can. I mean Okay. But but I mean, be I, realistic. You're you're rostering some of those guys, no? I mean the no if one of those guys is in free agency, you're you're not picking up any of them? I don't believe that. Um I mean, I don't know that I...
1: So, Robert Woods had a good week. He had a good week. Before that, it's... I mean, if you look at his previous weeks, it's nothing spectacular. He gets the same amount of catches and targets that he has been getting. The difference was he got two touchdowns. Now, this week, Robert Woods scored... And this this perfectly encapsulates Kyle's fantasy season. Robert Woods scores a 51-yard touchdown on a third and 33 play. That was an absurd play. (laughs) I would love to know what the conversion percentage is for teams that have a third down and 30 or more to go. It's not high. Because it's not high. And often I would say they don't result in touchdowns. Now you take away that play, which 99 times out of 100, you do take away that play. And Robert Woods has a subpar performance. Not subpar, but, you know, less than 1,000. Uh, that's, because
0: that's, that's a great point. And I think, I think you're absolutely right. I think Robert Woods benefited from that one big play. Sammy Watkins also had a big play, which inflated yeah, his mean, points this week. Um, right. so if, if I were you, I'm taking Cooper cup out of those three guys, cause he's the one who's getting the most consistent targets and he's getting good red zone looks. Um, so I definitely take Cooper cup over, over either of those two guys. Will Fuller, another player on Kyle's team that, um, has been solid, but very disappointing this week and with uh Deshaun Watson having the brutal season ending injury and Will Fuller being on the receiving end from Tom Savage from this point on, I'm not sure things are looking up for Will Fuller on Kyle's roster.
1: No, I mean Will Fuller's fantasy relevance ended with Deshaun Watson's injury. I mean that's it's it's tough, but I will be shocked if Will Fuller is fantasy relevant uh the rest of the year. He I,
0: I completely agree.
1: Hopkins can remain fantasy relevant because he's the number one guy there, and Savage has, last year and now this year, throws to him a lot. So, But yeah, Will Fuller it, it may not be startable. I mean, now Kyle doesn't exactly have the wide receivers, so maybe you, he does keep starting Will Fuller at the hope that he can get some big touchdowns like he was getting with hey, Deshaun Watson. But hey,
0: he's got Josh Gordon on his bench, who, you know, was just reinstated. No, I, I don't get the Josh Gordon hype. Um, I don't think he'll be coming back and making a fantasy impact this year. A few other players on Kyle's team, just really quickly. DeMarco Murray with 5'10". Another disappointing week for Murray. You wonder when things will pick up for him. The talent's there, but he just has been able to stay healthy. But as the Titans start to ramp up and make a playoff push, I'm I'm still optimistic about him moving forward. Carlos Hyde, a solid week with 1,700. Jack Doyle, again, with 1030. Um, He's been super consistent as a tight end option, so... You know, Kyle's team must have been listening to this podcast because they certainly put up the numbers to finally warrant being a first-place team. What were your thoughts uh, on the opposite side of the ball, Anna scoring 10,592 this week?
1: Yeah, not a great week for Anna. There were a couple plays that, I mean, one that sticks out particularly is the Julio Jones play where he dropped, I don't know, it was at least a 40-yard touchdown that he literally catches, I would say, 95 times out of hundred, maybe ninety-nine times out of hundred. I, mean, I mean he was wide open and it
0: hit right off of his hands. That's one and, of the worst drops you'll see. I mean, there's a lot of bad drops in the NFL, but that was a a lob pass. You won't you know see what I a worse like drop. You won't
1: see a worse drop from Julio Jones, yeah, that's for
0: sure. Yeah. It was just it's in the end zone. You know, it's it's coming from high above. It's not a hard thrown ball. It was just it was cake. It was absolute cake, and he just dropped it. So super disappointing.
1: Yeah, I mean, nonetheless, Julio Jones has a good week. 1480, but obviously he would have had a fantastic week if he catches that touchdown. Golden Tate has a great week as well, 1480 from him. Drew Brees has another solid week with 1,872. Todd Gurley does Todd Gurley things. He puts up 2340. Biggest disappointment's gotta be CJ Anderson. That's been a theme as of late for Anna. We talked about it last week. Denver is a mess right now. They They are a complete mess. I don't know what they're gonna do I don't know that Anna can start C.J. Anderson anymore. You know, Hauschka only puts up 300, but that was a product of how bad Buffalo played. They got destroyed by the Jets. And Deshaun Jackson only gets 430. That's disappointing as well. But again, Tampa Bay got absolutely destroyed. You know, Cameron Brait had a horrible game. Doug Martin had a horrible game. Jameis Winston gets knocked out in the first half. Mike Evans had a horrible game
0: before he got kicked out of the game for just jacking a guy in the back. Yeah, and Mike Evans was actually the only player from this week to receive a suspension for next week, even with all the fights, even with A.J. Green taking someone by a chokehold to the ground. uh, Mike Evans was the only player to receive a suspension. Also, you know, Deshaun Jackson with only 4.30 this week, like you said, things aren't looking up for him because breaking news, Jameis Winston is out for, quote, a few weeks, which does not sound good. Uh, It sounds like it'll be at least two weeks and might be something that could be longer term. So I wouldn't bank on Jackson getting those big plays, receiving passes from Sir Ryan Fitzpatrick as smart as he may be.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's well said. It, it definitely, you have to take a look at his value in the coming weeks with, with Jameis Winston out because yeah, I mean, obviously Fitzpatrick isn't the same guy as Jameis Winston is not that Jameis He's, has
0: been great, but still no,
1: but yeah, I think Jameis poses more of a deep threat than, than Fitzpatrick does uh, uh, at least. So a bad week from Jason Witten, you know, Anna, Anna's at four and five. Now she's got three losses in a row. It's been three bad weeks in a row. So if you're her, you just hope that it's regression to the mean again. And hopefully over these next few weeks, she can, she can rattle off a few solid weeks and, and really solidify her, her spot in the playoffs. I mean, at this point it's, it's getting down to it. We've only got four weeks left now, in the regular season of, of fantasy, that is. So it's getting down to it. Next week is going to be very important for all the teams that are four and five. Anna's got the players, and I think she's got the talent for sure to make the to make the playoffs in our league. It's, uh, but yeah, she's got a she's got to start putting up more points if she wants to uh, rattle off a few wins here.
0: Absolutely, couldn't agree more. Uh, so, let's move on to the next matchup. Who are you? Uh, who are we looking at next?
1: Yeah, so the next matchup is actually going to be. Justin versus you. Uh, Justin now, after beating you with a score of 10,116 to your 7,742, Justin moves up to second place. He sits at 6-3, and three, and you fall all the way to third place. I fall <laughs> fall from grace. <laughs> uh, with a record of 5-4. and four. Now, this was the, mer- the worst matchup of the week, uh, lowest scoring for sure. Justin gets a lucky win with only putting up... 10116 you have by far your worst week of the year. Shout out to you. This is your first week under 10,000 points. Uh, everyone else had already had at least one week of less than 10,000, so you were the the last domino to fall. And well, you really uh, went and for Fall it. I did. And fall yeah, you really I went I did. It. I'm going to start with your team. Obviously this this is, you know, 100% a week that you just throw out and with, with your record of 5-4, and four, you're still sitting pretty. You've got the tiebreaker over most teams. Well, every team other than Scott with your points four. Matt Ryan has his best game of the year, which was good for you, uh, especially after you—well, let's talk about— sorry, I'm kind of all over the place right now, but let's talk about the trades you made because you were 5-3. and three. You had the second-best team in the league. And what does Jack do when he's got a really good fantasy team? He trades away most of his players. So, right on cue, I, don't, I don't trade like away- your tone. <laughs> <laughs> right on cue, you trade away five of your players. You made a deal with Greg first. You received Matt Ryan and Amari Cooper, and you gave him Kirk Cousins and Joe Mixon. I I mean I have no problem with that trade, honestly, from From either side. I totally get Greg wanting to be rid of Amari Cooper. He's had one good week the entire year. I totally get you wanting to buy low on Amari Cooper and really buying low on Matt Ryan because Matt Ryan hasn't been anything spectacular and Kirk Cousins had been a significant amount better than Matt Ryan so far this year. So you bought low on both of them. We'll see if it works out. The other trade you made was even more of a blockbuster trade. You made it with Scott. You traded. Scott, Doug Baldwin, Ty Montgomery, and Javorius Allen for Chris Hogan and Stefan Diggs. I talked to Scott about it. He was very excited about the trade. I know you were excited about the trade as well. Hogan and Diggs have been two of the... They've both been top 15 in fantasy production for wide receivers so far this year. Doug Baldwin's not even in the top 30. Scott had to drop Ty Montgomery He's not going to start Javorius Allen most weeks. The only thing that I take away from this is Scott must be very high on Doug Baldwin, and hopefully that'll work out for him, you know, in these next coming weeks. But for you, I think potentially you may have gotten a really good deal if, if Diggs and Hogan can both get back and be healthy. I really like both of the situations they're in. They've been good the first half of the year. So I actually don't mind that trade on your end, but again, yeah, you you did trade away five-year players, so I thought that was interesting.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I two great trades by me, I'll just say that. Uh so I totally agree with what you're saying because I think that's that was your point. Chris Hogan and Stefan Diggs uh, were definitely a situation where I bought low on him, you know, I I bought him at the right time. Uh, it's you can say top 15 on the season. Um, which, you know, that's true, but Stefan Diggs has scored a combined 550 points in the last four weeks. So, um, well, that's you know, due to injury though, but that's what I'm saying. It's recency bias. Uh, you know, they've been struggling. They've been a headache for Scott. So he shipped him off for something more consistent with Doug Baldwin, who had another big week this week. Consistently and then, worse. You're just... You're so angry about this trade, and I really don't get it. I, really I know I'm not.
1: I'm not angry. You're saying Doug Baldwin is consistent, but can we look at the weeks he's had? Because he I hasn't d- been d- consistently d- you can, good.
0: You can do like throw out like top, 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 but like Stefan Diggs had a thirty-three hundred point week and a twenty-four hundred point week. Outside of that, he has not been great. Like it's
1: he had okay, but you're Jack. You're saying Scott is looking for something more consistent. Doug Baldwin eight hundred seven forty twenty-one fifty seven hundred five seventy. 1970, 840. That does not scream consistency at all. I more, mean, it's so, con- it's more, consistently, more so than Stefan Diggs. It's consistently uh, below average week. It's
0: more consistent and, than Stefan Diggs.
1: Okay, that's fine. I think Doug Baldwin will be de- will be decent, if not good, for Scott moving forward. So that's fine. I'm just saying you're trading for the Doug Baldwin name. You're not trading for what he has put
0: up so far. Let's just be clear on that. Sure, sure. And you're trading for the fact that Doug Baldwin and Russell Wilson always have a better second half of the season than first yeah, half of the season. For sure. So, for sure. Um
1: so yeah, let's let's enough with the trades then. You you made two two big blockbuster trades. We'll see if it works out for you. We'll see if it works out for Greg, and we'll see if it works out for Scott. Maybe it'll end up working for all three of you. Who knows? Outside of that, you had an absolutely atrocious week. Amari Cooper, seven eighty, Humphreys, two forty, Ingram, eight forty. Jones, 210, Kittle, 420, Allen Hearns, 460, Harrison, butt kicker, 600. You had three decent performances for Matt Ryan, Michael Thomas, and Tennessee. And, you know, obviously your total score reflected that with 7,742. You know, you had a lot of your big hitters uh, sitting out. Zach Ertz didn't play. He was a last-minute scratch, which sucked for you. Obviously with Hogan and Diggs, hopefully, like I said, they can get healthy come off their buys and, and really produce for you. So I have no worries for your team, uh, over these next few weeks. Like I said, you're sitting at five and four, you should be fine. What do you like? What do you dislike from Justin's team?
0: Yeah. Uh, so Dak Prescott with another huge week, 26, 66, he's just been, he's just been great this year. Uh, you know, he had a, he had a down week against Washington the previous week, but other than that, he's just been solid. And even with Zeke possibly being suspended, and now with the possible injury to Des Bryant, um, I'm not worried about Dak. Dak's a, a plug and play, great quarterback one option moving forward. So Justin's solid there. The area where Justin struggled the most this week was definitely his wide receivers uh, Jermaine Curse with 480, Jordy Nelson with th- 550, and Emmanuel Sanders with 350. You know, for uh, the, I think the biggest question mark. Definitely is, you know, Jordy Nelson just with with Brett Hundley now and Aaron Rodgers being out for a long time. Is Jordy Nelson that wide receiver one? Probably not. Is he that wide receiver two? Maybe, but Jordy Nelson might just be a wide receiver three rest of season, and that's not something Justin can afford with the wide receivers he's got on his team. Lamar Miller with another, uh, you know, solid week of 1060. You hope for more, but still, uh, you know, not terrible enough to – help out the team Vernon Davis with 1020 a great tight end stream with Jordan Reed out and you know another disappointment with Wendell Smallwood with only getting 250 I will say you know if I were Justin I don't think Wendell Smallwood is a startable option anymore especially with the JGI trade to the Eagles you just got too much action in that backfield I think moving forward rest of the season that backfield's looking like JGI first but Garrett Blunt second Corey Clement third and Wendell Smallwood fourth. So at this point he might not even be uh worthy of a roster spot. Um but you know, that's just my opinion. And he'll have the Justin will have the New England Patriots coming back from by Gronkowski and Amendola next week. He pulled off a win this week with only ten thousand, and hopefully that'll allow him to score big and get more wins in the future.
1: Yeah, I mean Justin's certainly been fortunate so far. He's he hasn't had a lot of points. Scored against him, and he's gotten two or three lucky wins. He had a, a stretch of three straight wins where he had where he definitely earned them. He had fourteen thousand nine hundred, twelve thousand four hundred, and fifteen thousand nine hundred. That was easily his best stretch of the year. Outside of that, his team has not been great. Uh, I would actually say they've actually been pretty below average. A lot of weeks less than ten thousand. He's only only one week with over eleven thousand uh, in those other six weeks so he's very fortunate to be six and three he's sitting in second place but he's only actually scored the eighth most points overall in the league so it's definitely been a lucky a lucky start to the season he's looking good to make the playoffs you know if he if hopefully someone could emerge as a a dependable wide receiver option for him because I like his running backs I like his quarterback obviously you like his tight end with Rob Gronkowski so if he can just get some kind of perf- some consistent decent performances from his wide receivers, I think he's you know he's got a good shot. Obviously, he'll make the playoffs. I think uh, unless you know catastrophe happens and he loses the last four weeks, but I think he he would have potential to to you know make the the final four. So uh, I think you got to be more than happy with where you're at if you're Justin.
0: Awesome. Let's move on to the next matchup.
1: So the next matchup is going to be uh, shoot. Louis versus me, and I don't really want to talk about my team this week, so.
0: Yeah, um, let me take over from here. Uh, so, Louie gets the victory with 13,038 points. He moves to 5-4, and four, now in fourth place. And, yeah, Tommy, you take the fall with only 7,932 points, moving down to 4-5 and five in 10th place. You were the second lowest scoring team this week, only ahead of me. So, congrats to the two of us, the podcast hosts. But... Yeah, uh, you know, I'll just go through your team quickly with the 7,932 points. You got a solid performance from Marcus Mariota with 1,632. And, you know, a great showing from Robbie Anderson with 1,280, who actually looks like a solid option moving forward this season with Josh McCown being a real quarterback somehow. And then Jake Elliott with a solid, you know, 1,100. He's been a great, you know, rookie kicker option for you. Outside of that... Not a great week for you. Uh disappointment from Michael Crabtree with 550 and Cameron Brait, your tight end with only one forty, and then TJ Yeldon in your flex with four twenty. None of those are great. Buffalo's defense totally bombing against the Jets, which don't I you know, can't blame you there. I thought Buffalo against the Jets was a was a decent defense play and they just did not show up. So you had those disappointments, but really at the core of your team's struggles this season, and we've talked about this. Kareem Hunt and Devonte Freeman with 810 and 840, respectively. And if that doesn't summarize your season so far, I don't know what does. Just two superstars who in the last several, several weeks have just been mediocre. What do you do? What, what do you? How are you going to handle those guys?
1: Um, I don't really have any plans uh, to, to really do much of anything. To be quite honest, uh, I'm just going to ride this team most what likely else, into what most else likely into the do? ground. Uh, hopefully, I get I sneak in with the playoff spot, but I think more than likely at this point, I'm I'm not hopeful at all of making the playoffs. At four and five, I play Dad next week. I absolutely need to win. I think if I lose to Dad next week, with how bad my team has been the latter half of the season, I now am I have the third lowest points for only ahead of Brian and Greg. So I don't have that tiebreaker. Everyone, I think if I fall to four and six, I really don't think I'll make the playoffs. Um. So yeah, I, I at this point, I've I've, you know, I've stuck with Mar- Mariota. I've I've obviously stuck with Hunt and and Freeman. There's there's nothing else I can do there. I, I mean, I could try and trade them away, but at this point, there I would be selling low and not getting what I could have gotten in return if I had you know. Tried to tried to trade them after four why weeks. Di- why so. didn't you
0: sell Kareem Hunt? Why didn't you trade Kareem Hunt after week three, dude? 2480 Should have sold. Because
1: high. I should no. have uh <laughs> I
0: should have known that Andy Reed would stop using him.
1: Yeah, I should have known Andy Reed would would screw me. Kareem Hunt was only in like he only played in like fifty three percent of the snaps against Dallas. It has been decreasing he, he got true.
0: nine carries. He got single digit carries. He, against, he a, got against a vulnerable Dallas Cowboys defense. Yep. I, th- I think I think that's terrible. He got
1: he got three touches. He got three touches in the second half of the game. I don't
0: know. I mean, Andy Reid, you're one of the best coaches in the NFL, but I don't know how you go into Dallas and lose by eleven and give Kareem Hunt. I mean, I know how you do that. You gave Kareem Hunt single digit carries. I just I think it's a, a poor poor coaching, and I feel bad that you're getting the the bad end of it. What did you see on uh, on Louis side of the ball?
1: I I really like Louis team. I've I've been saying that for a few weeks now. He's his team he's he's won 4 weeks in a row now. He's got one of the highest scoring teams over the last 4 weeks. Russell Wilson has been magnificent. Absolutely magnificent. You look at Russell Wilson's last 3 weeks, 25-58 this week, 36-08 last week and 26-36 3 weeks ago.
0: Quite the waiver wire ad by Louis.
1: Yeah, those are the last three weeks after their bye week, and as a result, uh, Jimmy Graham actually only has eight forty this week. But Jimmy Graham has been really great this year for Louis because of Russell Wilson. So that is, I would say, the biggest reason Louis' team has been so successful over the last four weeks. He gets an awesome week from Alshon Jeffrey, who caught two touchdowns and uh, off of eighty-four yards receiving and six catches. He puts up twenty-three forty. It was great to see that from him. Obviously not as me when I was playing against him, but for Louie, that's gotta be something he loves to see because we had talked about it. He hadn't been that great so far this year. Mohamed Sanu gets 980. I really think that was an awesome pickup for Louie. I think Sanu can serve as his flex position. And I think you can expect uh, somewhere around there as Mohamed Sanu's floor, uh, for the rest of the season. Uh, Matt Ryan's been throwing to him a lot and especially in the red zone for some reason he prefers Sanu over Julio Jones which I will never understand but Julio Julio Jones just doesn't get the red zone targets and Sanu does. Peterson was amazing again after a down week. He got 37 carries and rushed for 159 yards so I mean clearly Arizona is just going to use him to the max. So that's looking good moving forward for Louie marshawn lynch looked really good finally again
0: yeah that's what i would say was the biggest bright spot of louis week yeah and i know lynch with 1930 14 carries 57 yards and two touchdowns and he just looked better Um, i think that's yeah i definitely think that's something hopefully you know you'll see a little bit more of that in the second half of the season
1: and i think louis probably feeling pretty positive about that the raiders have their bye coming up but after that hopefully marshawn lynch can keep that going and you know Louis now 5 and 4 sitting in fourth place as you mentioned and he's going to get Antonio Brown and Keenan Allen back. Uh, they were on bye this week and he still managed to get you know to put up over 13,000 so it's just really impressive and I think it's one of the teams that in it it's not surprising cuz somehow Louis is always the best at fantasy football
0: but I think Louis I, I think a top 3 team right now. Uh, That's bold. It's a hot take. It's a hot take. I you know I agree. I think his team's looking good. Um I, I, Russ Wilson has just been crazy, so I mean you're right on there, and that's just such a solid option for Louie moving forward. Alshon Jeffrey had a huge week. I'm not confident that amount of you know that kind of production will keep up, but the targets were there. He got 11 targets. That it helped that Zach Ertz was out, but um, you know definitely you know, his his team's definitely looking good. No no doubt there. And on his bench he's got Derrick Henry, which you know he's the same situation with Demarco Murray. You just wonder which one of those guys is gonna is going to make a make an impact on that team because they've both just been wishy-washy DeMarco injured and Derrick Henry not getting enough work, and it's just sort of back and forth. But, you know, I, I definitely don't blame Louie for leaving Derrick Henry on his bench and hoping that turns into something later in the season.
1: Yeah, I definitely don't think Louie has any intention of playing Derrick Henry until, you know, something changes in that backfield in Tennessee. I think it's a, it's a fine stash, for, absolutely, for now because— if anything happens to Murray, if they, you know, he's been dealing with injuries as you mentioned earlier in the podcast. If they shut him down, Derrick Henry becomes a must-start almost. So it's a fine stash, and and moving forward, Louis doesn't need him. So yeah, I don't think he plays him unless unless something changes there. Like Louis looks great. Like I said, my I right now I have one of the worst teams in the league. So we'll see if that changes over the last four weeks. But yeah, as of right now, I'm I,
0: I've. I'm starting to write off my season. I'm starting to. Well, hey, man, one week at a time. Just go in there and get a game plan going against dad and who knows what can happen. That's the first three matchups. So we're at the halfway point. Um, So, uh, Tommy, are you uh, up for a let's guess?
1: Absolutely. I am more than up for a let's
0: guess. All right. Well, Tommy, since you're so eager, I'll hit you with a tough one. Okay. I'm talking defenses, okay. okay? Defenses. Name of the game. What wins championships? Defenses does. I'm just looking, let's start off with the uh, with some softballs here. I'm looking for just, you know, what are the top defenses so far this year in fantasy football and the average scoring per game.
1: In the average scoring per game. Um you just want how the
0: top what? Top fantasy for you know, yeah. I mean top top 5 whatever. I mean just throw some out once you name a couple i'll move on and then uh we'll get some more specific defensive questions
1: okay uh number one's gonna be jacksonville
0: um you are correct number one is jacksonville with twenty-one forty-four as their average score which is pretty crazy for a defense to be averaging above 2000 they've
1: been they've been incredible this year uh that's why they call it Saxonville. I mean, I knew, I heard before the year started that their defense was going to be much improved. I did not know that it would translate like this uh, on a fantasy level. So, yeah, it's been absolutely a goldmine for Kyle. Part of the reason why his, his team is scoring
0: so many points, or a main reason, I should say. All right, who else do you think is in the top five for defenses for fantasy scoring this season? Definitely Baltimore. Yes, Baltimore was 17-55. Uh, the Ravens have had a solid defense. Seems like they always do every year. Um, if only their offense could keep up.
1: I would also guess the Rams would be in the top five.
0: The Los Angeles Rams with 18-19. They are the second highest scoring defense. Oh, really? Uh, Number two. On an average game basis. Yeah, I, I was surprised by that one too. Jacksonville, Baltimore... I, I knew those ones, but I wouldn't have guessed the Rams. I mean, they've had a a solid offense this year, but um, and you know I knew they were pretty solid on defense, but I just I didn't expect that much.
1: Yeah, I just remember specifically. There's been they've had a couple huge games uh, against Jacksonville and against in Week One against uh, I think it was the Colts against Scott Tolzien. So mm. uh, those two really yeah, those and two then really uh, stick
0: out. You know, just rounding out the top five. Uh, unless you want to give another guess. I mean defenses that have been
1: up there. Uh, i'm gonna rattle off a few
0: pittsburgh seattle new orleans very very good few to rattle off Uh, pittsburgh and seattle are just outside the top five they are seven and six respectively pittsburgh seventh seattle sixth um and new orleans is yeah they are fourth with 1669 average points per week so um yeah new orleans defense has been Started off a little shaky in the beginning of the year, but they've been solid since then. I'm gonna guess. And, uh, uh, I'm
1: gonna guess Detroit then as the fourth slot.
0: Well, New Orleans is the fourth or slot. Detroit
1: but is the f- whatever slot is left.
0: Yes, Detroit is number five with 1600. That is one that I would have never guessed. I don't know if I haven't been paying attention. How did you know that Detroit's defense has been so good?
1: I feel like we talked about this. I don't know how many weeks ago it was, but we definitely talked about defenses a few weeks ago, uh, and we had this—we mm. had a very similar conversation about Detroit, where they were the like the number one scoring fantasy defense. Like, I don't know if it was just like five weeks through the year or something like that, but they got off to a really sure. hot start, and uh, so and they've been pretty consistent. I know they—I was just looking up earlier tonight, actually. Uh, I was looking at defenses to pick up. Not that Detroit is available, but
0: uh, they scored twenty-one fifty against New Orleans. Uh, a few weeks back, you're a smart man. Um, those are good guesses. So yeah, that's the top five for defenses. Now, I'll just one follow up here, just some specifics here. I'm looking for the teams that are, uh, you know, not only rocking the defense but rocking the quarterback. I'm looking for the defenses that have the most sacks on the season per game. Uh, you know, we'll get rid- get the obvious one out of the way. Jacksonville, Saxonville. Yeah, uh, they are number they're number one in points and they're also number one in sacks with four point four sacks per game, which is crazy. Yeah. I mean that's that's why they're called Saxonville. Uh and then, you know, you've got Pittsburgh you mentioned. They're they're fourth in sacks. They got three point three sacks per game. So that's another obvious one. And then the Rams are sixth in sacks with uh three point one sacks per game. But there's three other teams in that top six that uh weren't mentioned in the top seven scoring defenses. So Throw out some guesses for teams that are getting sacks. Uh, you know, good defensive lines that aren't necessarily racking up the points. Otherwise. Oh man, uh, I know uh, that's uh, that's why I said it was tough. You 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 showed me up with nailing the top seven defenses. So I'm gonna have to gonna have to slow you down here. <laughs> um, I mean, this is not something I pay a whole lot of
1: attention to. Defenses that I know are good, just like, like as a literal, just a football sense. Like uh,
0: Minnesota's got a good defense. I don't know. They are they are seventh, seventh with three sacks per game. Okay. Um,
1: Carolina's had a pretty good defense. I don't know if they get after after the quarterback.
0: Yeah, they are fifth. They, you got one of the other ones in the top five. They are three point two sacks per game.
1: I mean, Seattle's defense always gets sacks. They got to be somewhere up there.
0: They are eighth, with two point nine sacks per game. Okay. Um, so you're missing. You're. You're. I'm looking for the number two in sacks and number three in sacks. Um. I'm trying to think of teams that have I'll tell you number three is a uh, they have a it's a sister a sister team of one of the other teams in the top seven okay well um <laughs>
1: the chargers
0: is that is that too that obvious was a, a little too obvious <laughs> yeah
1: that was a little too <laughs> obvious
0: yes the los angeles chargers with 3.3 3 sacks uh per game on the season as a defense pretty crazy and then i'll just say the other one i don't i don't think you're going to get it um not to doubt you but the dallas cowboys with 3.4 sacks a game you they know, I are have to, tony romo was talking about how their their defensive line has been really good always you know and tony romo we trust he he clearly knows what he's talking about yeah that that shocked me i i did not absolutely. know dallas absolutely i would not have, uh, i would not have guessed that nope yeah yeah well great you destroyed the defense's general points and then you did pretty well on the sack specific so once again another stellar performance from tj Lett on this week's edition of let's guess back to the matchups tommy what do we got up next
1: yeah let's go back to the matchup sir we are on matchup number four which is going to be Will we just end on louis versus me so we'll do brian versus drew This was one of two matchups that came down to the Monday night game. Drew takes down Brian with a score of 12,214 to Brian's 11,128. Drew moves up to four and five. He is now in eighth place, and Brian uh, moves down to five and four. He is in fifth place. Drew has now, after losing four in a row to drop to one and five, has now won three in a row and is now back in the playoff picture. Another solid performance from his team. His week was, his week and maybe season was saved by none other than Marvin Jones Jr., who you have been skeptical on all year, but he puts up 26 20 and just an absolutely massive performance. 107 yards, seven catches, and two touchdowns. Matt Stafford was looking to him early and often. uh, A lot of deep balls. Obviously, looked to him in the red zone a lot with two touchdowns and you know the other thing that sticks out about Drew's win is his stream of Jared Goff who puts up 2844 uh easily one of the one of the best plays of the week uh and another reason why Drew gets the victory this week so kudos to him Travis Kelsey has another big week with 1680 and everyone else you know performs decently Devonta Adams with 880 not bad when you consider that Hundley's his quarterback
0: yeah i uh you know, I I will say I'll say one thing. Um Damian Williams with 15-10 on his first game with JJ out of the backfield. Uh you know, solid performance from Damian Williams, but then you also had um Kenyon Drake, you know, getting carries and looks as well. What did you think about those two guys? Who do you see as the better option moving forward?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I'm I'm glad you brought that up because that was something that I noticed as well. Uh, they both performed admirably uh, in the absence of Jay Ajayi. Like you said, they both had great weeks, uh, especially with their, you know, right out the gate, the first week with Ajayi gone. Uh, Drake is obviously the guy uh, that's going to be getting the carries. Uh, he, he's the, I think he's the guy that, that gets the carries, and then Williams is the is the passing game guy. If you look at their stats, uh Williams had six catches for forty-seven yards and a touchdown, and uh, Drake had sixty-nine rush yards to Williams' fourteen rushing yards. So I think, uh, I mean, if this is an indication, I, I don't know that they would both perform this well every game, but I think there's there's room for both of them with with a gone, I think, like I said, Drake will be the you know first to second down back, and Williams will be the you know the change of pace guy, and I think it, it may work out well for both of them.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think one thing's for sure. Uh, coach's got to do what a coach has got to do. And, you know, there's been there's been mixed reviews on the decision to trade Jay Ajay. But at the end of the day, I think um, I think Adam Gase did what he had to do. And he hopefully he's moving forward with his team with guys that, you know, believe in his vision. I think it's important for coaches. I speaking myself as a coach, Uh, you know, if there's someone in my clubhouse on my fantasy team that's acting up or, not showing up or not, you know, studying like they're supposed to be studying. They got to move on. It's time to move on. So uh, we moved on. They moved on from Jhi, and uh, hopefully Damian Williams is a solid option for Drew moving forward. What else did you see on, uh, on Brian's side of the ball that intrigued you?
1: I mean, I think it was a really encouraging performance from DeAndre Hopkins, you know, with, with Savage coming in and taking over that role. Now granted Indianapolis's defense is terrible, but, I mean, he got 16 targets, and you know, only six catches, but he does put up 86 yards and a touchdown. So, I think it looks like Hopkins is still going to be obviously he's startable. You you start him every week, but I think he can be pretty consistent with the volume of targets he's going to get with Savage at quarterback. I think with how good Hopkins is, you know, Savage feels really comfortable throwing his way since he's not that great of a quarterback, and I'm sure he is well aware of that fact. He seems. Uh, very conscious in that aspect. So,
0: yeah, I mean, I, you're not wrong, but I, I do think the asterisk of they were playing the Colts is huge here. Um, to be honest, and, you know, maybe I shouldn't be saying this because I don't want to spoil Brian's plans if he has some, but this is a prime situation where if I were Brian, this is the week I'm trying to I'm trying to shop DeAndre Hopkins, see what I can get for him because I'm not confident there's going to be a week in the rest of the season that you can sell DeAndre Hopkins much higher than this. Um, so I'd be looking to get my return on investment on DeAndre before Tom Savage really goes into full effect uh, for this Texans offense moving forward. Another 2,000-point week from Cam Newton. Uh, he's been back and forth this season, but he showed up and actually brought his team to a victory over the Falcons, who just continue to disappoint. Yep. Devin Funchess with 1110. Des Bryant with 10-30, so solid performances from those wide receivers, but now Des having some injury troubles. We'll keep our eye on that. Randall Cobb with 840, which is more points than I thought he got from watching that game. Uh, I don't know. I just the Packers are so bad without Aaron Rodgers, and Randall Cobb is not on the top of Brett Hundley's passing options. So I just I don't see Randall Cobb as a consistent option moving forward for Brian Ken, Kenyon Drake with 1340, like we just mentioned orleans dark with 890 um so you know like you said a solid week from brian's team not too much to complain about but just you know didn't quite get enough to get the upset over drew he'll be he'll have isaiah corral coming back from by next week and then obviously uh derek derek Carr. you know we'll see if brian moves forward with cam newton or derek Farr moving forward yeah i mean the obvious uh disappointment in Brian's week is his tight end
1: at Dixon gets zero that's really the huge huge difference there Kelsey put up 1680 between the two of them that's the difference in the in the week so you know Brian had the lead uh going into the Monday night game and like I mentioned Marvin Jones Jr. really saved the week
0: for Drew you had mentioned seven receptions 107 yards and two touchdowns uh so you know you're right I've been I've had a few negative comments about Marvin Jones Jr. Nothing personal to Drew or Marvin. Uh I just wasn't a big believer in his talent, but he he's been really solid this year and boy oh boy did Matthew Stafford look good in that Monday night game. Uh and if Marvin Jones Jr is his number one option, which it's pretty clear that he is, you know Golden Tate's another good option there, but Marvin Jones seems to be the big playmaker and you know I think Drew should be really happy with him moving forward.
1: Yeah, what I wanted to say about Marvin is that well, so in the last four weeks, you know, you had you had asked me like a few weeks ago who the top, four, top wide receivers were in the last four weeks. Well, in the last four weeks, uh, Marvin Jones Jr. is the top fantasy wide receiver in the entire league. So he's been wow. really good. He's been really good. And I don't know that this can keep up. He's gotten 14 targets, 11 targets, and 11 targets in the last three games. So obviously, it'll probably be a little bit of regression to the mean, you know, in these next few weeks. But yeah, I think he's a really he's really a you know, a, a low end wide receiver one, high end wide receiver two for Drew rest of the season. And at four and five, I think Drew has a really good chance of uh, you know, fighting for that for fighting for a playoff spot. His team is, is looking pretty solid. And, you know, Brian as well. We you know, with the injuries he's had, we've we've been a little doubtful, but you know, he keeps up putting a decent amount of points. Uh, you know, at five and four, he's really just gotta get if he can get two more wins in the last four weeks, he's probably going to make the playoffs as well. So, uh, really, it's uh, it's not looking too bad for either of those teams.
0: Awesome. Let's move on to the next matchup.
1: Next matchup is going to be Scott versus Greg. This one wasn't a particularly high-scoring matchup. Uh, Greg beats Scott with a score of 11,014 to Scott's ten thousand and seven. Sorry, 10,710. Greg moves up to three and six, uh, still is in 12th place. However, with the win this week, it does save his season for at least one more week. And Scott drops all the way to, he's at four and five now, uh, all the way in sixth place. So it's been quite the fall from grace for Scott. He now has three losses in a row. I want to say, and maybe four, was he four and one? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he had, yeah. Right. Cause he had that devastating loss uh, to you. I, th- I believe it was, or no, it was, to, it was to Kyle, right. Where he had over 13,000 and Kyle beat him. And then since then Scott has had uh, three pretty subpar performances. So yeah, this one was, was a nail biter though. Uh, Scott had the lead all the way until Detroit's last drive with just over two minutes left. Matt Prater kicks a field goal. Greg gets 300 points. Scott's team goes down 200 points because Green Bay, he had them for his defense and they uh, changed scoring brackets. So they had 27 points. And with the field goal, they moved up to 30, which changes the amount of points that Green Bay had gotten. So it was a 500 point swing and yeah, Greg ended up winning by almost 300. Another heartbreaking loss for, for, for Scott, now, not that he deserved to win this week, but there's a couple things you look at for Scott's teams that, you know, if I'm him, because I overthink everything in fantasy football, and if I lose by a small margin, I'm always thinking, like, what could I have done different? What are the mistakes that I made? One thing that sticks out is Blair Walsh putting up zero points. Blair Walsh missed three field goals, he missed all three of his field goal attempts. If he makes any one of those, because I believe they were all at least 30 yards or more, I would hope to God they were since he missed them, he would have beat Greg. He would have beat Greg if he makes any one of the three. The other thing is Scott tries to stream Eli Manning, which I'm not sure on that decision. He puts up 1380. Eli Manning has not been good this year, uh, especially since Odell Beckham Jr. went out
0: And especially against a Rams defense, which we just learned has been good this year. Right, Uh, right. Definitely an interesting stream there. But, you know, also some bright spots. Tyreek Hill putting up 1430. Doug Baldwin, who he got in a smart trade with me, getting 2030. And then, you know, his his running backs with uh, Matt Forte getting 2360 and Javorius Allen getting 1600. Another great player that he got in a smart trade with me last week. So, Really huge for Scott to have Doug Baldwin and Javorius Allen in his lineup this week almost secured him the victory. So I totally understand why he did that trade.
1: I'm just not really going to comment on that. Uh, Javorius <laughs> Allen, Javorius Allen isn't really startable. Uh, so,
0: oh <laughs> uh, Blair Walsh is going to get fired, huh?
1: Uh, there's absolutely no way that he keeps his job. It, it's it's no so way. it's so hilarious. Uh, Kyle and I were listening to a podcast on the way to Anna and Justin's and one of the guys brought this up and he was like, when you are in a playoff game and you win a playoff game because the opposing kicker misses a 27 yard field goal as time expires, do you really then go and think, you know what, we got to go get that guy and have him on our team? Yeah. Because that's exactly what yeah. the Seahawks did.
0: <laughs> I mean, you know,
1: yeah. you've you've lived, <laughs> you've lived the fact that Blair Walsh isn't that great of a kicker and especially, I mean, he has not, I don't care what, what he says, he has not been the same kicker since he missed that field goal in that playoff game. He just hasn't.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, and I don't blame him. That gets in your head and that stays in your head. Uh, Leonard Fournette out again this week for Scott. Very disappointing. Uh, he didn't show up for a team picture. I guess he's been misbehaving, trying to get the superstar treatment. And that's another situation where the coach, Doug Marone, laid down the law. He said, you know what? I don't care that you've been, you know, rookie of the year so far. Uh, if you don't do the team activities like you're supposed to, you're not going to play. So it's a bold move, and they're still able to get the. Win against the Bengals, so it's a it's a win win. He gets to put his foot down and also doesn't sacrifice a loss. Yeah, Scott will have uh, Brandon Cooks and Lev Bell coming back from a bye next week, so that'll help him out a lot. Yeah, you know,
1: he, Scott, Scott has his sorry to cut you off. Scott has his his heavy hitters coming back next week, and I know he's got to be frustrated, but he'll have you know all of his main guys back next week, and so I I I, I would expect a huge bounce back week from Scott next week. But uh, yeah, sorry, go ahead and move on to Greg's team.
0: Yeah, so Kirk Cousins, a disappointing week with only 828, you know, not surprising though with going up against Seattle. He's got a tough schedule coming up, that's why I traded him away, but uh, you know, hopefully he works out for Greg. Ted Jin Gunier, uh with 1454. Mr. Goonier is just an animal in his last couple games. Another receiving touchdown, 59 yards four receptions. Um, you know, that's 4 weeks of 1618, 1788, 904 and 1454. Ted Jinn has been a good fantasy option so far this year, and that New Orleans offense is just pumping. And, uh, you know, you got multiple running backs, multiple wide receivers, and only one quarterback uh, who are all fantasy viable this year. So I definitely like him moving forward. Disappointing performances from Lockett and Decker with 5'12 and 9'60. Abdullah with only 10'20. He fumbled twice, or was it only He he fumbled twice,
1: but only lost one of them
0: okay so not a great look for him doug martin my goodness yeah i mean that that was again just a product of that's tampa bay's atrocious game yeah yeah but still you know you worry you worry about that moving forward jared cook though huge game was 1660 and they were feeding him i mean he had eight receptions 126 yards so that's you know hopefully that's something he can continue to lean on moving forward um you know, what did and then and then uh Joe Mixon with with twelve ten, another just solid performance. He's been, you know, sitting right around that one thousand mark uh, you know, second half of the year. So I think that should continue. Not a very high ceiling with how bad Cincinnati's offense has been, but he seems to have a pretty consistent floor. Uh yeah, what are your thoughts on, on Greg's team and then uh, we can move on.
1: Yeah, I mean Greg's team
0: it, it like I said, his
1: his season is saved. Matt Prater saved his season at least for one more week. If Greg had dropped to two and seven. With, uh, the points that he has put up, uh, there's just, uh, honestly no way he would have made the playoffs. So at three and six, it keeps hope alive, at least for the time being, you know, it's just, it's the same old story with Greg's team. He gets the win, which is great, but he still only puts up 11,000. And this has been, I mean, that's consistently like, it seems like on most weeks, like that's Greg's ceiling. He just doesn't have the firepower that you need to put up those big weeks and like you said Kirk Cousins' his team his schedule is tough moving forward but I think he'll still be decent I, you know I I wish I I could be more positive about Greg's team but uh you know it, it's just it's been the worst team statistically just as far as total points scored but it's it's a, when I look at the players it's an it's an all right team they just don't produce consistently enough and you know, just I think for Greg to, you know, rattle off another because he's going to have to rattle off. I would say he's for sure going to need to win three out of the next four to have even a shot at making the playoffs. That would put him at six and seven. So, and he still might not get in even then. Uh, but I think in order to do that, uh, I think the teams he's facing they will have to be not putting up that many points because I just don't see where the points come from to, to really give big weeks for Greg's team. So that's
0: that's my two cents on his team right now. That's, that's a great two cents. That, that, that's $2 if you ask me. Uh, that was hilarious. Uh, let's move on to the last matchup.
1: Yeah, let's do it. Uh, we'll end things with Dan versus Lou. Dan gets the easy victory with 13,076, beating uh, Lou with 9,902. Dan moves up to 3-6, still sitting in 11th place. Dad drops to 4-5, now sitting in 9th place. A very, very large fall from grace for Dad. That's four losses in a row from him. Started off 4-1 and and now has four losses in a row. And honestly, uh, the losses haven't been quality losses either he is not putting up a lot of points you look at his team for this week you know mike evans had a terrible game and now he's suspended next week so that's not great for dad alex smith has a fine game alex smith has been great uh for the chiefs and also great for dad so nothing to worry about there Jarvis landry has another solid game he's been super consistent aj green has a terrible game he got ejected pretty early i believe it was in the first half uh, it might have been the third quarter, though I I, I don't want to say for sure it was the second half, but or I don't want to say for sure it was the first half, but that's what I remember. He only puts up 110. Fortunately, he's not suspended, which I was actually very surprised by. Christian McCaffrey has a great week. He's been solid for Dad. You know, he's got a nice high floor with the ability to put up you know 1500 to 2000. Alex Collins disappoints though, after it looked like he had emerged as a you know, viable option he crashes back down to earth with only yeah, 510
0: not with Buck Allen on the team baby no room for Alex Collins with Javorius eating what's his that's honestly quite enough uh <laughs> <laughs> um Safari and Jenkins had a bad game and that's really what was he's Whoa. he's been he's been disappointing these last uh these last couple weeks now 300 530 um, yeah, not, not great back-to-back weeks and things were looking up, but it seems like Jermaine Curse and Robbie Anderson have sort of taken, taken his targets away from him. Uh, not, you know, not sure about him moving forward.
1: Yeah, it's, it uh, was looking good for him. And then, like you said, last two weeks hasn't been great. Only two targets last Thursday with, you know, in a game where the Jets put up 34 points. So not great. Uh, Philadelphia, good defensive week with 1350 but you know just another another subpar performance from dad and his team time Thomas actually had uh, a great game against Philly with 1700 so that was nice but you know dad's team if if you look at how his team has scored it's it's really it just fluctuates between like 12,000 and 9,000 and so he hasn't had a massive week yet uh, i think he's probably one of the few teams that has not reached 13,000 he might be the only team that hasn't reached 13,000 so his average, his average week, I mean, he's averaging right around 11,000, 11,124. But uh, yeah, a lot of his weeks have been in the 10,000 range or below. And so especially these last four weeks, he has not been putting up the, the proper number of points to, to earn yourself a victory. So, you know, if you're dad, you just hope, like I mentioned, dad and I play each other next week. So dad's got a really good chance uh, to win next week to get himself back on track because my team just hasn't been putting up points, uh, much like his. So that, that definitely got the potential to be a low scoring matchup. So yeah, if your dad, you just, I mean, I don't think he makes any changes really. Uh, he, you know, he's got what he's got at this point. I, I don't expect him to make any trades. Maybe he tries to get someone off the waiver wire, but there's not really many running backs out there currently. So He's probably just going to stick with what he's got and hopefully he can sneak into the playoffs. Like he's sitting there at four and five with, you know, right in that range of, of being in or out. So, you know, just see, we'll just see what happens these last four weeks. Dan's team, however, I mean, I, it's going to be tough with Elliot going out, but he has another awesome week. You know, what, what sticks out to you? Uh, I mean, there's a couple things, but yeah, what sticks out to you?
0: Yeah, I mean, like you said, Ezekiel Elliott with fifteen thirty, he's just been super solid for several weeks now. Um, maybe this week he'll be out, but I, I, last I heard, he's going to play again this week, and then maybe next the week after that he'll start being out. But I—that's not even a waste of time talking about it. Alvin Kamara with a huge week, twenty-eight twenty. He had sixty-eight rushing yards, eighty-four receiving yards, and a rushing touchdown. Uh, he's quietly been a top 10 running back this year. Um, So he's just been, and hence why Dan changed his team name to AK-41. Um, He's just been super solid this year. And Ingram, again, with 1,500 points. uh, Outside of Sterling Shepard, he's one of the, he's, it's either him or Sterling Shepard that's the top target for Eli Manning. So I love Ingram moving forward this season. And then just the huge disappointment with LaShawn McCoy. 250 against the jets i mean i don't know how you could have seen that coming um i like goodwin from the niners moving forward with pierre garçon out for the season and george kittle now injured they've got a few other injuries uh i'd look for goodwin to hopefully start ramping up in these next couple weeks so I, i don't hate him on dan's team But obviously, the man of the hour, the man we're all here to talk about, Mr. Carson Wentz, with 24-76 against the Denver Broncos, putting up 51 points, four touchdowns, 199 passing yards. I mean, this kid's legit. This kid, this North Dakotan, is an elite NFL quarterback.
1: Yeah, I mean, the Eagles have looked unstoppable uh, as of late, and... You know he and the Eagles—they just completely torched a Denver defense that we've, you know, come to expect that they're a they're a good solid defense and, you know, they've they they haven't been great. Lately, certainly Denver as a team hasn't been great lately. But I don't know when the
0: last time someone put up fifty-one points against Denver would be. So, I, th- quite the performance, uh, and definitely definitely the stamp so far in his season and. At this point, if you're not taking the Eagles seriously, I don't know. I don't know what you're looking at. Uh, they're, they're pretty much objectively currently the best team in the NFL.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, right now, I it's, you know, especially with it, it maybe was between them and Kansas City early on, but Kansas City, you know, Andy Reid's doing his best to make sure that they're not uh, an elite team. <laughs> so. Uh, you know, he likes to be right in that sweet spot where you make the playoffs, but then everyone knows you have no chance against the elite teams. So, you know, he's looking like he's going to accomplish that again this year. Um, but, yeah, Wentz looks great. Eagles look great. And I really like Dan's team. I've also been saying that for a while now. He started off with some just atrocious luck. At 3-6, and six, you know, he's in the same position as Greg, record wise, but he's got a lot more points. Dan is actually now uh, fourth overall in total points scored. So he's got the tiebreaker over most of the people that he's fighting for a playoff spot against. So if he could finish six and I think, I think a six and seven team will make the playoffs this year. So if he can win three out of the next four and get to six and seven, I think with his points for, he sneaks into the playoffs. Um, and, You know, I like a lot of his players. We talked about Elliott. Who knows if he's going to be around? I think another big question mark is Calvin Benjamin. He was really solid in Carolina, so we will have to see. Hopefully, he can be really solid in Buffalo, but switching teams, switching systems, who knows how quickly he can get acclimated to that and really produce fantasy-wise. But, you know, he's going to have Adam Thielen coming back, who's been very solid this year. And so, you know, even losing Elliott... Dan, I think will be all right, obviously not as powerful, but he's been putting up some really massive weeks lately. So yeah, I think, I think Dan's got a good chance to, to make a playoff push here. Uh, I like a lot of his players rest of the season and uh, he's got a solid defense in Pittsburgh uh, for, you know, for these last four weeks. So um, yeah, you know, for, for, for both dad and, and Dan, you know, they both have a good chance of making the playoffs um it's it's gonna be exciting it's gonna be an exciting last four
0: weeks i'm not calling you i'm not calling you calling the cat's cradle what it is but uh that's a phrase um you've been saying a lot of teams are looking like they might make the playoffs so i don't know it's gonna be it's gonna be a close race you know there's there's a lot of good teams a lot of you know three and sixes four and fives five and four six and three with uh, you know four weeks left in the regular season, anything can happen, and uh, it's exciting. This is this is a fun time. This is when is the trade deadline in our league? Yeah,
1: so um, I made it. I made the trade, line as, trade deadline uh, as late as it can possibly be, um, November twenty fifth.
0: All right, so we got some time. We got a few yeah. weeks left. Then,
1: but yeah, like as you were mentioning, like Scott. Anna, Drew, Lou, and Tommy—all five of those teams are sitting at four and five. So, I mean, really, and and of all those teams, um, Dan has more points, sitting at three and six. He has more points than everyone but Scott. So, I, Greg, right now, to me. It doesn't look great for him to make the playoffs. For everyone else, I think everyone else has a really decent chance. I mean, I, I already mentioned that I don't think I have a good chance to make the playoffs just because I literally haven't had a great week in, like, six weeks. So, um, but... Record wise, I'm definitely right there. Obviously, if I get a win next week, I move up to four and f- to five and five, and I, it's it's looking good for me. And so, yeah, it, it's really exciting. Obviously, eight of the twelve teams make the playoffs, so there's only going to be four four teams on the outside looking in. And I would say right now, eleven of the teams have a great chance. And uh, you know, certainly Greg is not mathematically eliminated yet. So you know, with four weeks left, everyone still has a chance. And so, I mean, yeah, that's that's
0: exciting. It's going to be uh, very interesting to see what what plays out over these last four weeks. And uh, definitely make sure to keep tuning in as the season uh, comes to a a close, you know, with these next four weeks coming up. It's never more important to be hitting the waiver wires and making trades and keeping up with your team and listening to our expert advice. So we encourage you to keep tuning in. And for everyone else outside of the league, to the millions of you, uh, thanks again for continuing to listen. Yeah, that uh, that does it, right, Tommy? Yeah,
1: yeah, that's going to be it for this episode. Uh, no predictions this week. Next week, I would like to dive into uh, some predictions more, both uh, for just the immediate following week and actually also for the playoffs. With, I'd, I'm definitely going to do some research and and dive into some uh, potential playoff scenarios. You know, who needs what to happen over the last three weeks to get in, and uh, you know that sort of thing. So. Definitely uh, definitely looking forward to the rest of the season and uh, recording these last few episodes. And, uh, yeah, just keep tuning in, and, and we'll keep talking.
0: All right, well, that does it for us this week. Thanks so much for tuning in, and uh, come back next time. Let's talk fantasy football.
1: Bye, guys.